Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew, and uh, Jeffrey Sherman is out today. Uh, he is recovering from some sinus thing. So uh, today we have a guest instead. We have Ryan Cowan on, and uh, Ryan, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, Isaac, thanks for having me. Uh, Jeffrey, I hope you, you feel better soon. Uh, but yeah, my name is uh, Ryan Cowan. Uh, Isaac and I used to uh, to work together uh, back in Chicago and uh, then remotely uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but I've been uh, uh, in the software industry for about 14, 15 years now, uh, and specifically a manager uh, for the past six years or so across a handful of industries, working with different types of tech and different types of uh, engineering teams. Awesome. So uh, listeners, the reason I've invited uh, Ryan on today is uh, Ryan managed me at a previous company, and we have talked a couple of times about rewrites, obviously, on this uh, podcast, uh, from the perspective, a lot of times, of individuals on the teams, but not very many times from the perspectives of managers. And so I got curious about the concept of maybe hearing from a manager's perspective when you hear this push from people on your team of people who are just complaining left and right about, you know, the code being crap. We have to rewrite the whole thing. It's irredeemable. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some ideas on like if you've heard it before, some stories you've heard or things you do to placate those people or or give in if there's some kind of weird <laughs> politics in the company that is pushing and you know strong arming you to say yes to those people as well. So do you have any interesting stories from that perspective? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um uh, so, I mean, first off, uh, you know, listening to the, the signal of the team, uh, you know, do I, do I need to placate people? Uh, you know, is it a matter of just one person, uh, you know, complaining about this, this project they're working on and they just don't like it or they don't like the language or they mm -hmm. don't like the way that it's structured? Uh, you know, maybe that's just a, a personal issue and, you know, some placation you know, can happen there. Uh, maybe it's a push from the whole team. Uh, to do uh, a bigger rewrite or, uh, you know, a code cleanup type session where they're not focused on product work. That tends to happen a lot where, uh, you know, the, that cruft develops over time. Uh, you start to build up maybe sets of errors that you, you know you can fix eventually or you mm -hmm. think that you can if you rewrite something completely or switch to a different language or whatever it may be. Um, so there, there could be the pressures from the team. There could also be the, also be the pressures from, uh, you know, senior leadership in engineering to say, hey, this thing doesn't scale the way we want it to. Mm. Let's rewrite it in, you know, a, a faster language or a multi-threaded language or something and really take advantage of, uh, you know, some some core feature set that that we're actually interested in or that we think we need. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to, to dive into like specific examples or things mm -hmm. that I've seen, uh, recently there was a, uh, uh, a, a team of data engineers that I was working with where they basically inherited this new uh, product that was like a, a data pipeline, uh, basically. So they, they inherited this thing and it was written in a language that uh, neither of them knew. Uh, so immediately they wanted to, to rewrite this whole thing in a language they did know since they would be the ones now maintaining it. Uh, so you could tell immediately there was a big disconnect in the planning and handoff mm -hmm. process. Uh, because these two engineers who were, you know, uh, written down, scheduled to inherit this thing, uh, didn't know the language it was actually written in. So they had All to right. study up on, on that language, make sense of what was actually happening uh, in the, the flow uh, of this service. 
and then start to rewrite it. Uh, so they ended up rewriting it in Python. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a huge time investment to initially create this thing, hand it off, go through, you know, a couple hour sessions to, to make sure everyone knew what was actually happening or to the best of their ability. Uh, and then to essentially just rewrite it for the next week or two anyway. Uh, so in that case, it was really a push from the engineering team to get that, that rewrite done. But it was, uh, there's still buy-in from senior leadership because, uh, they could recognize that the engineers they have didn't know the language the thing was written in. Uh, so they, they knew they had to correct, uh, the issue that had, you know, kind of bubbled up, uh, through that planning process. Uh, so, uh, again, a very kind of strange uh, experience. I should caveat that whole thing by saying uh, the, the company tends to move very fast. Uh, mm -hmm. The one that was working on that project. Uh, there's lots of throwaway work or lots of pivots uh, in project planning. Uh, so this type of situation they found themselves in was not uh, unusual. Uh, it was pretty, pretty common to see that every couple of weeks where some big issue like that would pop up. Um, but yeah, there are certainly times where uh, you know, you've got to just placate an individual, whether they're just frustrated with, uh, you know, the, the work they're doing, the thing they've inherited. Um, maybe they don't enjoy the language they're, they're programming in and they just need yeah. to, to vent. <laughs> uh, and in that case, you know, it's, it's not necessarily worth, um, uh, you know, doing anything with, uh, that feedback beyond listening and, uh, you know, being empathetic as, as much as you can, or maybe trying to find other opportunities for that person. In the case of the company pushing the Python rewrite, what was mm. the what was the concept again about like why did they pick Python? They just somebody higher level knew that that was the best language for it, even though nobody on the team was as familiar with the language. Well, uh, Python was the language that the two engineers who inherited that project knew and wanted to mm. rewrite the thing in. It was uh, actually okay. written in a different language before that. I see. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which is. Uh, the, the person who worked on it before or initially knew that other language, but didn't know Python. Uh, so it was a lot of back and forth. There was handoff from a data team to more of like a uh, web, uh, more centric type team. Um, but again, uh, uh, lots of handoff and, and trading of uh, ownership and responsibility there, which caused so all it, that kind of confusion. Was it just rewritten so people could support it better? Like what, what problem yeah, was it solving yeah. for? Okay. Yeah, so it was rewritten so that uh, these two data engineers could maintain and move forward with uh, adding features to this thing. Because uh, this, yeah, yeah. yeah, this pipeline is really kind of like the the bedrock, the cornerstone of the rest of the work that had been planned out for at least the quarter. Yeah, I'm used to hearing things like rewriting for scalability issues, or mm. you know, things are hard to maintain because like. Imagine if the other language is so old that it's hard to hire for these days, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's another, uh, I don't think I've heard it too many times that you're rewriting for the sake of employees being happy or being able to extend a particular uh, product, like just for the sake of the employees <laughs> in their language and the supportability yeah. there. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it seems, um, uh, very like altruistic of the company, right? Or the, the senior leadership. <laughs> but really it was more like, we need these two engineers focused on this thing, you know, for the next three months at least. So they need to be able to move forward and we don't want them to have to uh, learn this new language and fumble around and make mistakes and, uh, you know, go through all that. We need something a bit more bulletproof after the fact. So it was just the two engineers rewriting it. 
Mm-hmm. So this must have been a smaller project that was small enough for them to actually do this. Because a lot of time, times on the show, we talk about like how it, you should mm-hmm. never rewrite. <laughs> because uh, <right>. it's, <laughs> so it's almost like the name of the, of the podcast. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, you shouldn't. Uh, but if, if, you, if you have a project that that's small, that two people can do that, given backing mm-hmm. from uh, the organization, which oftentimes you won't have because people... Right. Right. Well, they don't, you know, they, they get mad because you're taking too long to swap over to the new system and you're stopping making features on the old system, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're small enough, if, if, you know, I guess there's like a caveat there. We could probably, uh, Jeffrey and I could probably talk more about too later. It's about yeah. the size of the rewrite. Cause when we, a lot of times we're talking about like a monolithic application that's like 10 years old, mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. big one. But if you've got a small little thing that you can move, you port over, Maybe there's another case there to be made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe the the podcast can be renamed "Never Rewrite." Dot dot dot. Uh, unless, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the fun part about it is a lot, like, a lot of times we'll invite folks on just to give a counterpoint because mm-hmm. we've heard mm-hmm. of there's been a, a few successful rewrites and guests who have talked about successful re- rewrites. Um, it's, uh, the Khan Academy um, mm-hmm. episode that we had recently, they were able to a- achieve a rewrite, but. Uh, our, our guest basically said that it would be impossible to do again. It was just like it was. Mm. It, it, he, he was completely baffled that it, you know, it happened the first time. You had to have so much go right, so much backing, so much political backing from the company mm. mm-hmm. um, to get it done right. But it does happen. But it's still just it's difficult. So anyway, let's uh, swap back to these cases of placating the individual. So you say <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you want to placate the individual. In what case would you want to placate the individual? Sure, sure. Um, I, I think uh, I'll try not to, to be too specific with examples, but uh, you know, if it's uh, a project that maybe four or five engineers uh, on a team are working on, and nobody really seems to to voice or have an issue, you know, after you know some deep conversations or looking through pull requests or whatever, uh, but there's one individual who does, you know, take issue with uh, maybe the way things are written or, uh, you know, the, the coding style or, uh, you know, whatever kind of structure has been set up there. Maybe, maybe it's more of a, a them problem versus an us problem. Uh, and in that case, you know, it's worth talking with, uh, the person who's, you know, bothered or affected, uh, mm-hmm. to figure out why. Uh, and then maybe you could go into to placating mode and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of explain away like, yeah, this is this is how we uh, need to do things now. Um, you know, if you really want to push for a rewrite, like let's get a one pager going and try to build mm, up support. Okay. Uh, so you can certainly give uh, uh, options based on you know the company and uh, how they choose to do things. What their process is. Uh, typically, it could be a one pager kind of summarizing uh, what the current problem is, what the proposed solution is, and what gets better because of that solution. Um, at least those three pieces, if not more, uh, to say like, we're going to save money, we're going to reduce overhead, uh, we won't need as many engineers to support this thing, or it'll be mm-hmm. you know, more automated, less uh, manual for, for engineers or apps or customer service or whoever. Uh, so there, there could be some really great ideas that this person has, uh, or you know, to, to get a little pessimistic, it could be just venting uh, <laughs> or just frustration or something else uh, that's bothering them. And, you know, it's kind of being taken out on, you know, the code base or the work that they're doing. Sure. Um, you know, maybe they got 
switched uh, teams, you know, two weeks ago, and now they're working on this new thing, then they just don't like it, or right. they're still getting used to the team or to the code base, and uh, you know, it's it's a little trickier. Uh, so really, kind of figuring out what the uh, the root cause is, or you know, what the the concern is around, um, you know, what this person may feel, uh, and trying to work with that in some way. Uh, but listening, you know, tends to to help at least to start. <laughs> yeah, we 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 had a recent episode about um, uh, emotionally invested or employees that are emotionally invested in the rewrite, mm. and uh, the one pager concept kind of touches on what I was bringing up. And that sure. previous company, it was really nice to hear from somebody. Isaac, we hear you. Mm. We're gonna, you know, list out reasons why we're not gonna do that in favor of other things, mm. rather than me just doing the venting. Right. But it feels like no one's listening where I'm like, there's so many problems you know, I'm trying to do, to do this, but like no one's answering me. I know I'm not feeling heard basically. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really nice when you get the one, one pager going or some kind of pitch and you say, well, these are the things I want to do and the reasons I want to do them. And if the, go right. if the company can come back and say, well, we're going to say no, but here's why one here's how much that would cost because you know your estimates here show that this would take six months and that's x amount of dollars if your team's working on that and we can quantify it we don't think it's worth money sure you know or um two there's other things that are broken -er. <laughs> those broken -er things <laughs> uh -huh. uh, probably should get prioritized and maybe you didn't know about them because you're working on our team and you know we're we're bigger picture and we can see how all the teams are working together so it's really easy as a, an individual to get lost in that. So I think the, I think guiding them towards that one pager or, you know, just letting them vent is definitely has helped me in the past. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's where, um, uh, you know, an engineering manager can really come in and, uh, uh, you know, provide an individual with uh, ideas or possible paths forward or, uh, you know, an ear to, to at least uh, hear them out. Um, mm -hmm. But then if, you know, they choose to do a one pager or a lunch and learn type thing or uh, some sort of artifact to express, you know, what their uh, their consternation is like, you can then take that and do something with it as a manager and, and push it up the chain, get it into a planning meeting, get it, uh, you know, uh, uh, scoped out or uh, even presented, uh, you know, as part of a, a roadmap uh, and say, you know, can this fit on the roadmap? Can it fit in the next, you know, two months, the next two years? Uh, you know, is, is there a spot for it? Or, uh, you know, can it go into this like backlog of projects that we can then, you know, pick and choose from to, to bring into the roadmap or, or bring in when we're in uh, maybe a slow period, if there's such a thing in the industry. Uh, so it's, <laughs> you know, I think it's the, the engineering manager or whoever in, in the leadership's responsibility to uh, to do something with it and then to bring it back to that individual or to the team and say, uh, you know, here's what I did. Here's what I presented. Here are the reasons that uh, we can't do this now or can't do it ever. Uh, or, yeah. you know, here are the things that we need to to refine or to make more clear. Uh, you know, maybe the company's a little more focused on money and their bottom line. So then maybe we center the pitch around, here's how we save money by doing right. this this rewrite you know, really focus on the, the levers that uh, people respond to, uh, to try to get this thing done, or at least push to, to get it in front of the right people who can then decide if it, it should be. Um, so, uh, you know, in, engineering managers could help, uh, at least in that regard, if not, um, you know, identifying those uh, issues on their own and uh, bringing them to the team and saying, hey, is, is this an actual issue? Or am I just, uh, 
you know, seeing things here that, um, uh, you know, signals that I'm, I'm misinterpreting. Right. If somebody comes back to you or, uh, you know, the organization says no, Mm -hmm. uh, how many times have you had to go back to individuals and say, you know, this is what they said, you know, we're not going to do that. Like, is that generally well received if you can provide some clarity behind it? Or do you have people who are just like, eh, 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 frustrated anyway? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I think nine times out of 10, it's well received to know that uh, something was done, that they were heard, uh, like you mentioned, um, that, uh, you know, you attempted to, to do something and to push it forward and to provide support and backing for this idea or, uh, you know, this, this rewrite that, uh, you know, this person or this team was interested in doing. Um, there are oftentimes that you can compromise and at least get some piece of your, your pitch brought in, uh, you know, whether yeah, it's yeah. in between, uh, you know, like the product cycles, depending on how, how the, the team works, uh, you could get at least a little downtime and, um, you know, maybe get a couple of things knocked out that, could start to, to build up towards more of a rewrite type situation or the full pitch that you had envisioned. Um, but yeah, the, the occasional one time out of 10 where uh, somebody, uh, you know, is frustrated still, uh, you know, it's, it, it's tricky to, to work with that because uh, as a manager, you've done a lot to, to support them and it's yeah. not gone, gone through for whatever reason. And you've got to be kind of that bearer of bad news to say, this just isn't going to happen. Uh, you know, like right. the, the reality of the, the company, the, the team, the project, the roadmap, whatever, uh, just doesn't allow us to, to do this now. Uh, we can keep talking about it and keep thinking about it, but, uh, you know, as it stands, we just can't do it. Um, and then maybe we can go into compromise mode or into biting off smaller chunks or doing like a hackathon type thing or a POC or some other means for this person to try to express their idea and to prove themselves out. Um, but really it becomes the, the manager setting the individual or the team up to actually do the work and to put in the time and the effort to, to get that thing done. So you're not doing it for them. You're just providing some tools or some ideas on how they can do it and try to prove it even further. Uh, you know, if their initial, you know, pitch, uh, was, was denied. Okay. Well, then my next question for you, I guess, is given our kind of definition of rewrites, which here at Never Rewrite is generally a big bang rewrite mm-hmm. of a fairly large project that could take months to do mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, how often have you seen a project like that uh, pitched versus how often have you seen something like that succeed in your 15 odd years of uh, software development? Yeah, yeah. Um so oddly enough, one of the, the first engineering jobs uh, I had out of college uh, was basically a rewrite uh, of an entire system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was called a rewrite because there was an engineer who worked there before me who had written some you know, piece of this system. <laughs> uh, it was meant to be like uh, uh, an administrative portal for this, uh, this team to support uh, tutors who would go to schools and do after-school tutoring for uh, uh, like elementary and middle school kids. Uh, so tons of uh, just record keeping, essentially, uh, super basic uh, models and database tables, and then uh, some PHP, uh, you mm-hmm. know, 
for for logic and, and front end stuff. So very minimal design, uh, no JS framework on top of it. Uh, you know, just very very bare bones. Okay. And this engineer had written some of it. It was somewhat functional, uh, and then uh, they had left. So I, I joined the team and essentially did a rewrite of what I had seen and uh, you know read through that had already existed. Uh, but really, it was, it was almost more of like a greenfield type thing, or at least that's how I approached it, where okay. I then went to all the, the people who would actually use it, figured out what they actually needed, uh, what functions I needed to have uh, in this thing, and then started to build it out. Um, so, you know, first job out of school, uh, was essentially doing a rewrite-esque type thing. Um, but since then, I haven't seen, uh, a ton of pitches, maybe one at, you know, each company I've been at where I've, I've either seen or heard or read through, uh, somebody trying to pitch a rewrite of something big. Um, a lot of the time it kind of, it'll come from, uh, an engineer or an engineering team that's really close to that thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll come from, uh, leadership coming in, uh, you know, having dealt with the thing for many years and wanting to, to rewrite it. And that becomes like their pet project. Uh, right. other times I've seen new leadership come in and want to, uh, change things up to match their style a bit more or to, to leave their mark and to, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of bulldoze the past and start, start anew. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it happens maybe, uh, once every year or two, uh, would be, uh, I think as often as, as I've seen it. So, so not, not too often. Once every year you've, you've seen it succeed or you've heard someone pitch it. I've heard somebody pitch it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't like, know. Wow. If I... <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> what do you think? Um, why do you think your first rewrite uh, out of college succeeded? I, I think it succeeded because the thing that existed before uh, the thing I built was used uh, didn't really satisfy the users. Uh, and it, it essentially was a, a failure uh, or a flop. Um, it didn't get the job done that needed to be done. Uh, so there was uh, an intense desire from these, uh, what we call coordinators. So they would match the tutors with the students in the school and uh, do all sorts of sales and mm -hmm. uh, record keeping and stuff. And they were just, they were unhappy with the solution that existed. Uh, so it became a matter of me talking to them and figuring out what they actually wanted to see in there and how I could make it easier for them to enter all this information in. Uh, so I, I think there was probably business pressure, uh, you know, up to the, I reported to the CEO. It was a very small company. Uh, I think he was probably feeling a lot of pressure because these coordinators were the ones who brought in revenue. Essentially they, they made contracts with the schools and then the schools paid us, uh, you know, per, uh, per session or per quarter or whatever it was. So I imagine that it succeeded because there was that top down, uh, support to actually yeah. build something that was usable. Um, and you, you bring an interesting, another interesting uh, caveat too, is that um, the first iteration didn't work. So maybe that's another like acceptance criteria of what we consider a, a rewrite here. Because we're writing things that currently work in one system to make them more scalable. But if your hmm. first thing you built never solved the problem to begin with, are you really rewriting it or are you building something new? Right. It, exactly. Yeah. That was my, my hesitation because mm -hmm. maybe we could call it a, a rewrite, but really it was uh, more of a, a, another start to this, this project. To this yeah. Thing. I've done something recently where 
somebody hired some offshore contractors for a job and delivered mm -hmm. something and it was a, it did not solve the problem at all. And mm -hmm. they built it in the wrong technology, wrong everything. And it was just like, mm -hmm. this was just a really bad approach to it. And so mm -hmm. they hired me to rebuild it. And mm -hmm. I didn't really rebuild it because I, I didn't build what they were building. You know, I built my own thing that solved the problem the correct way. Sure. So if someone took the correct working solution of mine and remade it in a different language, I consider it a rewrite. But is, okay. it is interesting okay. because like our very first episode when we were talking about rewriting, we mm -hmm. had some comments from folks and they were like, this whole episode, they said, don't rewrite, but they basically rewrite it. Yeah. Because yeah. we were explaining the difference between rewriting and refactoring or like iter mm -hmm. iterative delivery. Or mm -hmm. Jeffrey coined this term theses shipping for like the ship of Theseus idea, like replacing yeah. boards of the ship piece by piece, Yeah, which we're yeah. not considering rewriting, but it becomes mm -hmm. lost in all these different jargon that we've created for ourselves. So we'll have to come up with one for that one too, <laughs> where it's like, it has to be this, 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 and this to be considered a rewrite that we're talking right. about is never do that thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, uh, to, to piggyback off that, uh, that first story, uh, when I left that company after a couple of years, uh, I trained my replacement who ended up doing a rewrite mm. uh, of the, the thing I had built. Uh, so they switched from, you know, this PHP monstrosity I had built. Uh, <laughs> well, that's to, a rewrite. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to uh, really Ruby on Rails. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. A PHP to, to, um, to Rails, because usually the PHP mm -hmm. framework, I think Laravel and, and similar ones are, are built in, in very Ruby-esque styles. Or very heavily inspired, their frameworks are from from Ruby on Rails. So it's interesting. Yeah, it feels like that's just a preference. He probably just really liked Ruby. <laughs> Ruby on Rails. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, it, it was definitely a, a preference thing of, uh, you know, this this new person coming in uh, mm -hmm. and going, I I know Ruby. I'm gonna rewrite this thing in Ruby. <laughs> that's or, what we normally hear about. Like, People yeah. come in. This is dumb. I hate PHP. We're gonna rebuild this because I just mm -hmm. don't like this language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. not the greatest reason. But, you know. Sometimes there's a lot yeah. of pressure. Well, uh, maybe that, that ties back into the, the example I had before of, uh, you know, rewriting into Python. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the same concept of uh, we, don't, we don't like this other language. We do like Python. We know Python. Let's rewrite this thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, um, I, I think, like, uh, I've heard people wanting to build things in, like, really bespoke languages. And then mm -hmm. uh, people going, okay, well, we don't, we don't want to really want to do that for those languages because it's really hard to hire for those. We'd rather build it in something that's easy to hire for, like build it in JavaScript because a lot of people, there's like a huge pool of people for JavaScript. That's like a, kind of like one of the, one of the more rational, rational, I think, approaches mm -hmm. to pushing for a rewrite is like going, these people built it uh, in C Sharp. And we can't find a lot of really talented C-sharp developers because everyone's studying and learning, you know, JavaScript and Python, which mm -hmm. are huge pools to hire from. Maybe we should rebuild it in those for the sake of making it easy to hire for. That's a pretty good reason, I think. Okay. Let me, uh, let me, let me turn the tables on you a bit and ask, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as an engineer, mm -hmm. uh, are there things you look for in a manager that, Ah. Uh, you know, whether it's, it's support on uh, maybe a rewrite idea or a refactor idea, uh, you know, there are things that you lean on your leadership team uh, to help with or that you would expect uh, somebody in a leadership position to, to do or to help you in some way. Um, I think what I would look for in, 
Well, generally speaking, I, I think that now that I'm more mature in, in the career than I was, like I was very, I was, I, I took personal offense to, to not mm-hmm. getting my, you know, the thing that was broken fixed, you know, mm-hmm. if I, if I couldn't get someone rallied behind that or, or they just pushed back or didn't answer, you know, I would take offense to it. So the thing you brought out earlier about like going to like working with me to create yeah. that one pager working like if I can see you putting in the work to take it to someone else to come back sure. and say, they said, no, we tried. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to make headway here. That makes me feel like you're on my side. That makes me feel sure. like you're, you're helping me push my ideas. You hear me, you hear my concerns, you know? So I think in the, in a good manager, that's definitely a huge piece of it is like, you want to feel heard that the main, mm-hmm. the, the most frustrating part is when you think something is done poorly and you want to redo it for whatever reasons. And uh, it feels like no one is listening to you. Mm-hmm. So I'll, basically kind of half answering it there because the other part <laughs> of me is like, now I don't think I should rewrite very frequently, you know? Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So I, I would want a manager to encourage me to do that. Cause I think that most of the times it would fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cause I, I really do think the more I understand from the business perspective, how much of a resource constraint it is, how much of a money constraint it is to do that. Um, and, and generally speaking, when you hear people's reasons and they are reasons like, yeah, I don't like this language or eh, this is dumb or, you know, if, if the, re- the reasons aren't there, then it doesn't even really make sense. But let's say mm. the reasons are all there. Let's say sure. like, it's a weird language. We can't hire for it. It's written poorly. <laughs> uh, there's all these kind of things that really push us for that. Then yeah, the same thing there. If I can go, if I can go to somebody who vouches for me mm. and like helps not just me, but maybe like pitches the idea that the team to get other people's ideas on how we can solve this problem, solve it for the right reasons. Uh, I love the idea earlier where you were talking about where if um, the company says we don't have the money for that, then you mm-hmm. go, well, here's how I'll save you money. You know, kind right. of try to find a way to still <laughs> sell it to solve mm-hmm. both the problem of the frustrated developer and the problem of the company who, who thinks that this is not going to help them monetarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the way you've outlined it to, to you know, uh, cheesily you know make you the perfect fit for this <laughs> the way you've outlined it is what i would be expecting right that's a, sure, that's a, a sure. good way to phrase it because the worst thing you can do is just make the engineer feel like either they're not heard or they're dumb for suggesting it or yeah. you know um i guess things like that that would be my answer yeah okay okay um what about uh, i'm trying to think of um uh, a couple years ago when i was working with uh, very senior and like staff level engineers who could rewrite large portions of the systems that they knew, you know, they had been, uh, they had either built the system themselves or had been working in that, that area or that, uh, that system for many years and could take on a larger initiative and just really run with it mm-hmm. and make it part of, um, uh, you know, do you like maybe a, a a refactor as part of a, a product feature or product upgrade and just kind of like roll it in. Uh, is that something that, um, uh, well, I, maybe I answered my own question here. You know, is that more of a refactor or more of um, a rewrite where you, you say, Hey, I've got this product feature to do, but I'm also going to rewrite the backend to support this in a better way or in a different way or in a way that's, that's more streamlined for, for me or for somebody else who, and happens to consume the service. Um, 
Yeah, in Do, my head, that's more of a refactor. You're basically just expanding a feature, and you can't support that feature until you've added some kind of backend capabilities or something. And the rewrites, as we define it, is just more like the entire system itself has to be changed to a new language, essentially. Okay. Or, so, or so maybe it entirely. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the that's the kind of bounds of of the the full rewrite that I'm thinking of, where mm -hmm. you're affecting the whole system, not just like a large portion of it. Yeah, we make a big distinction between rewrite and refactor, but the words, generally speaking, are synonyms, so it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have to work really hard. You got to be a committed <laughs> listener to understand our uh, our terminology. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, all right. Um, so, is there anything else we can touch on here? And actually, uh, one thing too before you, before we leave, I just want to make sure that um, you have the opportunity. If there's anyone you want to shout out, any kind of open source communities or Anything you want to let people know for like how to get in touch with you or something if they have questions for you? Do you have anything you want to shout out towards the end of our episode here? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free uh, you know, to reach out on, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably a, uh, a decent way to reach me, at least from more of a professional context. Um, but yeah, I, it, was, uh, it was a blast to, to chat with you, Isaac, about uh, rewrites and refactors and uh, you know, more of the, the management perspective, which... Um, uh, again, is a really interesting place to be because it's not necessarily the one doing the rewrite or even yeah. thinking in those terms, but being able to to understand and to empathize with your team or teams and then uh, support them uh, in whatever way you can and, and push things as, as far and uh, you know as hard as you can to uh, to make the team happy, but also find a way for the business to be happy at the end of the day too. Uh, it's, it's a fine line to walk. Uh, and, and tricky, but uh, but again, thanks for for giving me a a chance to to try to explain some of that and uh, you know give some examples here. Sure, it's, yeah, it's an honor having you on. Uh, I've really enjoyed having you as my manager in the past, and I feel like you do a really good job of vouching for the little guy <laughs> towards <laughs> protecting them from the man. <laughs> so yeah. I've always yeah. I've always appreciated your wisdom, and especially whenever I'm taking things and like I'm I'm being a bit too aggressive on my end you, know, you do a good job like okay you know i hear you I hear your concerns but duly noted you've said it a few times now i'm working on it sure <laughs> so, sure yeah, yeah i really appreciate you on the show to give a little bit of that insight from from that perspective yeah so, yeah it's always it's always good to work with you as well maybe we'll uh, we'll do it again in the future yeah all right uh well i'm isaac askew and jeffrey sherman will be back soon <laughs> and this is never rewrite <laughs>